Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerd to the Third, episode 18. Your stop for movies, video games, and nerd culture. Today we're bringing you the Power of Three with your host, Nick, Coach, and Tifos. Alright, so uh, thank you guys for joining us today. We're going to do a quick little grinding here. If you haven't already, make sure to go to our Twitter at TX3Productions, or you can go to ThreatX3Productions on YouTube or Facebook. We've been having a lot of stuff on YouTube. I've been having fun with zombies, so I've been doing some experiments there. Um, and then coming up very soon, we're actually going to have... Um, Resident Evil in review. We're actually going to be recording that right after this episode, so we'll be getting that out as soon as possible. But let's get started with the show with X3 Reacts. So X3 Reacts, we're going to take some trailers and we're going to react to them. <laughs> see what you did there yeah 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 it's like this new thing i think i'm gonna trademark the name and make sure that nobody else can use that word do that huh. <laughs> i feel like that's been done before and it wasn't received very well no i i think people would love it if i just took a word in the english dictionary and then just made it my own or even oh, a yeah. phrase like you're fired <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh, oh man, that's so good. So, you know what? Since I brought it up, so first thing on X3 reacts, uh, since I since I made the reference, uh, I just I have to, I have to. It's been going all over the Twitter sphere, so maybe this should be. It came from the internet. I don't know. Anyways, but um, have you guys seen the footage of Donald Trump and the umbrella? Oh yeah. yeah, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. <laughs> doesn't make sense. I like, mean, here's... okay, we never want to take this to a political place, but luckily, there's nothing political about that. <laughs> it's just, it's just. Oh my god, it's like a Three Stooges sketch. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we also just talk about like? I understand that Trump is the president and everything, but mm -hmm. how hard is it to like close the umbrella and take it in with? <laughs> <laughs> was he instructed not to because if it was raining it would dampen the Air Force One or something? Like yes, how dare you, sir? <laughs> it's a sanctified floor. You do not wetten it with thou umbrella. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like and and actually that's not even the case because the guy came up a whole forty seconds later. I just think he couldn't be bothered to do it. He just like, yeah. Well, and uh, if you look at the footage, you can see I, him I can like get a new umbrella. lean in. He leans in and he yells at somebody. So I don't know if he's like, who's taking this umbrella? <laughs> Someone get this umbrella. Please get this umbrella. <laughs> oh, my God. I just I couldn't believe I, I was telling T-Falls before the show. I was telling him, I don't think I've genuinely laughed that hard in a really long time. Well, look, I didn't. I really didn't start laughing because I was kind of baffled as to what was going on, and the right. umbrella just sat there. And, and then the second there. person, the and second then the second person came and he just walked around it. But hey, the Secret Service guy picked up the. Oh umbrella. yeah, I know. That's that's the thing. It's you know, the Secret Service. Their job is to protect the president. They make sure he's not going to get killed. He's not going to. 
But like that bald guy at the very end, I mean, there's probably a very good chance, 90% chance maybe that that's a secret service guy. And he's sitting there just cleaning up after the president. Like, it's just, it's so funny because like, like you guys were saying, the second guy, he doesn't think to pick it up. He's like, that's not my job. Hello. And, and what's the, what's the money bet that the guy that actually came up and got it, that that was his job. And he yeah. just, for whatever he's reason, the umbrella guy. He wasn't there at the top. That's who he was trying to yell in when he was when he was there. And he looked in. He's like, "Where's my umbrella guy?" <laughs> like I'm just. So I don't know. It was it was a ridiculous video. Again, I didn't get the humor until about thirty seconds in, and the second guy just walked around it. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this umbrella is just sitting there." And again, I don't now. I was, now that now that I rewatch it, because I was kind of like you at first, where I just kind of like looked at it, like, "Are you serious?" And it, it's not until repeated viewings that it's like knowing what's coming just makes me <laughs> laugh as soon as I see it because it's just, oh my god! And like even just right before the show, I happened to be scrolling down in Twitter and I saw somebody else had retweeted, it and I just started busting out laughing because it was right at the part where he just leaves it and i'm just like oh my god uh best trailer of the week right there kids <laughs> yeah and i mean i i was telling Foles like what would have happened if for some reason somebody came out of the airplane right. and didn't see said umbrella <laughs> and just tripped over it? oh my I god mean, they I mean, what how how tall are those staircases like 10 15 maybe right yeah Probably more. You know the I worst mean, part about like, it? The worst could... part is that on CNN, is it? No, it's actually Fox News. Okay, I no disrespect whatsoever, but that's the title at the very bottom. They're talking about that something that's supposed to be so somber and something that's, I mean, it's a tragedy. Multiple yeah, fatalities was... at Pittsburgh. I mean, honestly, but the the thing is, is that as Donald Trump does... That's no longer the focus, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it was something about there was some type of mass shooting or something like that in oh, the Pittsburgh See, synagogue. And so that was the headline. That's what they were referencing. And oh, okay. whatever the news source was doing, they were just showing the president leaving. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like a live look in at the president, wow. either going to the scene or leaving the scene. I couldn't. Oh, couldn't okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, and for whatever reason, they just left it on the umbrella, and now it's this clip that's just outright funny with a terrible headline. Out of the terrible, just terrible. <laughs> and and the, see, the and first the time I seen it, it was without the headline. So then, as I uh, see the headline, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, and then done? and then the best part is like. Well, I guess not the best part, but, like, the commentators behind it are, like, all somber about it because it right. is a very tragic, terrible thing that occurred mm-hmm. that they're reporting on, whatever. And so they're like, and here's President Trump going President into the Trump airplane. Going into the airplane, leaving his umbrella. And, <laughs> you know, President Trump said this today, and he's talking about how the people responsible are should be held to the highest standard of the law and... And all there is this umbrella just sitting there with the guy walking around it during this whole thing. And yeah. just, so it, the video itself is hilarious. The topic isn't, but the video yes. itself is very hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so on to happier times. We got another <laughs> Liam Neeson movie coming out. Um, Woo! Old Man I mean, Neeson. It's not like all his old, other movies. Old Man Neeson. It's Liam Neeson's son. On a Nissan, <laughs> son. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, uh, what was your reaction watching this? Let's go T-Fools first this time. I mean, it's Liam, it's, you know, typecast <laughs> Liam Neeson movie. Right, right. Action, probably some quick, some quick cuts. Yeah. Nice action uh, chase scenes. Mm-hmm. It does have a little bit of humor, so mm-hmm. there's, I think it's going to be a, a good popcorn flick. Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, think it will I, be bad, but it, it'll be just another Liam Neeson movie. Yeah, I do like, um, at least in the trailer, obviously we don't know the full tone of the movie, but definitely in the trailer they kind of hint at the fact that like this is kind of just a normal guy. You know, this isn't like, I will find you and I will kill you. This is just a normal guy and his son like overdoses. And so then he's like on a, the revenge path. And so it shows a couple of scenes throughout the trailer of him like kind of just maybe getting some stuff wrong. And seeing that side of Neeson, I think, is going to be actually kind of cool because it's like seeing when we saw him in uh, A Thousand Ways to Die in the West, um, you know, he was he was the antagonist so he was still like you know antagonizing but it was also just really funny to see him kind of poking fun at himself and poking fun at his own like typecast so yeah. to speak mm-hmm. so it, yeah coach um you remember when Liam Neeson used to do like good movies <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> well look it, here's my thing okay he has done so much of this since taken like right yeah. he's a tremendous actor yeah. and i believe he won an academy award right for Schindler's list oh yeah definitely like why do you keep doing this like, yeah and i already want to argue that like the first taken like oh okay this is like redefining action kind of like with john wick a couple years later it's like it's redefining action and the way you should look at action and oh, action yeah. heroes and then take it two, take it three it's like okay you're just you're just laughing at us now because you know that we're just gonna pay money for it and let's keep in mind taken two and three were not good movies three Absolutely was better than two not. three was better than two but really i i honestly have not even seen it like, well, you know what? Here's the thing about the original Diminishing Taken. returns. <laughs> Here's the thing about the original Taken. It was the first time Liam Neeson had done anything action-y. And, True. You know, or at least that scope of action. Yeah. Right. And so it was this big, well-known actor that is now doing, that decided to do this random action movie. Mm-hmm. And it caught everyone off guard. Right. And you made the good point that it kind of reset what action movies need to be. The exactly. fight choreography, the way it was shot, there wasn't any jump cuts in that movie, you know, where it's like punch, cut, punch, cut, punch, cut. It was kind of mm-hmm. streamlined. You could actually see the action. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, look, here, here's some of the things that Liam Neeson has done since the original take. We already talked about two and three. <laughs> okay. And then Clash of the Titans. We <laughs> all know that one. Uh, they the they literally days. just wanted him for his voice on that one. They just wanted him to say, release the Kraken. Here's a couple thousand, hundred thousand dollars. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, now, there was The Grey, if you hadn't seen The Grey. I love Pretty good movie. Such a good movie. But yeah. it was a little bit in the action genre, but that was a drama. It Definitely was not yeah. an action movie. It was Survival a drama. drama, yes. You know. Uh, unknown. Have either of you seen this movie? Um, is that the one where his son is doing something? <laughs> nope. It is. Oh, that's the one he... where he loses his memory. 
Yeah, that I think intriguing. I intriguing. It's intriguing, but it also, like, the way it was marketed made you think it was an action movie, which was, uh, it was much more of a thriller. It was much yes. more of a, you know, intellectual thriller. And so going into it and being like, all right, let's go Liam Neeson, kick some ass. And he does, but it definitely wasn't on the scope that you, like, you were thinking it. And it's all because of the freaking marketing. Oh, yeah, the last 15 minutes of that movie were action-filled, and he was kicking mm-hmm. some serious ass. Right. Um, but, you know, so there was that one. Again, not a great movie. And then there were snakes on a train. I'm yeah, kidding. there was. <laughs> and then he did Battleship. Uh, oh, God, right, yeah. You know, and, and I'm trying to leave out some of his smaller roles. You mentioned, like, if that, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. Uh, a Walk Among the Tombstones was a terrible movie. See, and that uh, one had uh, RoboCop in it, the new RoboCop. And yes. I think that's the one where, like, something happens with their son or whatever. So it's like. Yeah, it's like a investigative murder yeah. mystery type mm-hmm. thing, but it's not a very good movie. Nonstop, decent, but. Oh, non- that's the plain one. That's the one I was making the yeah. snakes on a train. Well, actually, there is a train one as well. So that's why that's where it starts getting confusing. It's like Samuel L. Jackson is like, is there a movie? Yeah, he's probably in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then Run All Night, terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Monster Calls, probably the best movie he's done since. Which Taken. one's that one? A Monster Sounds Calls familiar. is based on this kid's uh, book. And if you haven't seen the trailers, you can watch it. It's actually <gasps> oh, pretty good. Yeah. Actually, I do remember um, it now. He's the voice. That's that's where I got confused. He's the voice. He's not actually in it. Correct. He's just the voice, but it's mm-hmm. the best thing he's been in Yeah. that I would argue since the first Taken movie. Yeah, since that Narnia. Ever since the Narnia, it's been all the way downhill. Pretty much. And then the commuter <laughs> was the train one that came yeah, out. Yeah, the, there we go. The commuter was the train one. She comes on and she's like, do you know everybody on this train? I bet you don't. And then you should you should go find out. Okay. Bow. Yes. <laughs> so he hasn't done a good movie. I guess the monster calls, but he hasn't acted in a good movie in about 10 <laughs> He's years. been in plenty of movies, but has he acted? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where Liam Neeson's career sits right now. Yeah. And, and so it is it is so hard to have a Liam Neeson type where it's like you get him in a movie and you get him in a very serious role like The Grey but then you put that smack dab in the middle of all this shit and it's like you know it's hard to remember why you like him you know uh what's another good example Will Smith I think is probably a really good example yeah. like he mm-hmm. has his flops but then when he does good it's like he does good and it's like you you love it but then it's like he does like after earth which i still like you know i don't necessarily like the his son's part in it but like i liked him it's like he's stoic and stuff but then he also did like wild west was another that, that one almost ruined his um career and so it's so weird to see that right next to you know like what's one of his nor his one of his most recent ones he does this thing where he like writes letter to love death and i think time uh, uh, collateral beauty collateral beauty that one was so weird because they marketed it as something way, way different. Well, they marketed it as something kind of like a Christmas carol where yeah. you know, he writes all these different letters and the ghosts come and see him. Turns out it's basically like all of his friends just more or less playing a prank on him. 
Like well, not, yeah, not so much a prank, but basically they're like, well, we need to move the company forward. He's not moving forward, so we're going to move it forward, or we're going to make him seem crazy by digitally removing people from the from the video we shoot of him so that he is deemed unfit for duty and so then they take the company for him it's like super messed up and not what they marketed whatsoever and if anybody's worried about spoilers don't worry that literally happens like 15 20 minutes into the movie oh well it's also (laughs) like five years old at this point right like (laughs) um i'd I'd have to say that will one of will smith's best performances was in pursuit of happiness oh yeah right probably yeah, and that was and, ten years ago. Yeah, right. I mean, his I mean, son Bright, was like Bright three. was really good too. I don't want to diminish net what Netflix is capable of, but Bright was also <laughs> really good. Yeah, I, I actually never I personally, watched Bright. I personally loved Bright. I thought it was very well done. It was a popcorn flick, but on mm-hmm. Netflix, you know. Very and a lot of people are like, "Oh my god!" I don't know. I don't want to get into that whole thing. All right, so uh, another parallel to Trump. <coughs> um, Hugh Jackman oh, is playing in uh, the front runner, and. I mean, I watched this trailer. If anybody else has seen this trailer, it's based on a true story. And Hugh Jackman plays a senator or something who's running for president, basically. And as soon as it got done, I was just like, wow, this is very, very eye-opening. Like, I, this is a story that I didn't personally know. But basically, here's this guy. He was the front runner to become president. And then because of, like, one little scandal, it tore his entire world apart and he was no longer he was no longer the front runner and so that's basically this story and i mean i was like wow how do we go from that to i mean i'm sorry but trump whether you believe it or not is i think irrelevant you know whether you're a gung-ho trump and you're just like you're on his side no matter what and, you know, it's still it still begs that question, like, wow, that's all that's a lot versus this was pretty much just a pretty much just a um, um, affair. I don't know why I couldn't think a of that series word. series of scandals. Well, and I don't even know, like, at least from the trailer, the it trailer really like just made one. it seem like the affair was the main thing everybody was focused on because he was he was unfaithful. And so that made people question whether or not he was presidential. And I'm like. Really? What year was this? <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Can I go back there? <laughs> okay, so if you don't know anything about history, uh, I was not born at this time, but David Hart uh, was running for the 1998 presidential, not 1998, uh, 1988 presidential election. Oh, okay. That's and, when I was born, actually. Yeah, so it's it's a true story. Um but basically, he was the front runner. He was favorited to become president, uh-huh. and the scandal broke loose. And basically, he lost the presidency to a George H. W. Bush. Uh, he got and, bushed. He got, yeah, he got bushwhacked. Bushed. <laughs> he got bushwhacked. And I hope so, those were headlines back then. So <laughs> that's kind of. What this movie is about is wow. that r- rise and fall, I think, you know? Um, 
according to IMDb on their little rating scale, it's not super great. That's like oh, a yeah. six point six or something like that. But I, I mean, imagine, and I mean, this is just me saying it out loud, but I imagine like Republicans might have like hate bombed this trailer. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Uh, maybe, but uh, you know, if anything, it, it might tell the story of why that stuff doesn't matter as long as you can run the country. You know what I mean? Uh, That's a good point. So, you know, it, you know, it depends on what the movie does and how it portrays it and all that good stuff. But it's got Hugh Jackman in a serious role. He's not, uh, you know, singing and dancing. He's not, <laughs> he doesn't have knives coming out of his hands. Uh, you know, because basically for Hugh Jackman, it's kind of been either he's been Wolverine and then there's Les Miserables and then there's right. Greatest Showman. And that's kind of like the biggest things he's been in as mm-hmm. of late. So right. to see him in a more serious role is going to be nice. Uh, yeah. Because people tend to forget that Hugh Jackman was at one point in time like considered to be, and still is, a top, top actor. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, he can uh, do really well with this movie. And I don't know if it's getting a wide release or not. I didn't. It didn't say anything about that on the trailer or anything, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I'm me for for one, uh, just liking like biograph, you know, biographical films, uh, and historical films. I'm all in. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I'll watch it literally because of Hugh Jackman. It's one of those. Hugh Jackman's definitely one of those actors that I would watch just because he's in it. You know, there's yeah. not there's not a lot out like now. And the uh, secret weapon of J.K. Simmons. Um. So yeah. Yeah. J.K. You got to go in for J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I don't get it. J.K. Simmons is the is like his advisor guy. Uh, he's uh, oh J. Jonah yes Jameson. yes I'm sorry. J.K. I was yeah. get, I was getting that mis, mis, mixed up with Rowling's. I'm like, what does Harry Potter? Have no. <laughs> no no J.K. no. No, man. J.K. Simmons, Simmons is yes, like I'm sorry. so yes, underrated. <laughs> he's so underrated. J. If you uh, yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. He was in a movie with Miles Teller. All of a sudden, I can't think of the name of it, but it is an outstanding oh, movie. What movie is it? Oh, jeez, the one where he's a drummer. Uh, I can't. It's such a good movie, though. Drumline. Yep, Drumline. Not that's, Drumline. That's, that's the Nick Cannon movie. <laughs> also, a pretty good movie. Whiplash. Whiplash. There, that's, that's what that's it is. Oh. That's the one he was talking about. If you have not seen Whiplash, you need to watch it. That is the assignment for the week, people. Yeah, <laughs> it will change your life. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in it and I just hope the number one thing I do hope is I do hope they go from at, they go at it from a historical standpoint because like me seeing this trailer in today's day and age like really makes me feel like this is almost like a hit piece on Donald Trump to just be like, "Haha, look at this. Look at yourself in the mirror." And I'm like if it's a good movie, that's one thing. But if this is literally just an excuse to get mad at the president, it's like, do we really need that? You know, it's like when what's a what's another good example? I don't know. It's just so many things now that it's like, you know, just shaking their finger, just shaking their finger. And it's like, ah, uh, does it really do any good? And I don't mean that in a mean way. I swear to God, like, I don't mean that in a very like judgmental way. It's just that what good is this going to do? If that's the reason you're making it, make it because it's an interesting story and you want to tell that side of it. Don't make it because you want to stick one to the president, you know, like 
love him or hate him, he's still the president. So it's like, do we really need to spend time making an entire movie just to tell a single person that what he's doing is wrong or that you think what he's doing is wrong? I don't think so. Yeah, that, that, it kind of seems about, uh, you know, if it goes that route, it'll be something of kind of like, uh, what's that movie called? The Hate You Give that's out in theaters right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it. it's kind what's of. What's that one? The Hate Maybe You Give. Maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Um, I can't remember her name. Let me look it up Looks real quick. Interesting. Sounds hey. familiar. I was like, there was another movie recently that was like, it's like this is this is this is a mirror to the to the United States. There, another one would be like, you know, um, like God, why am I? Oh, the first purge. First purge went super political, and it's just like they even had. A red hat with the words the first purge on it insinuating that like that's where we're headed just because we have donald trump as a president it's like come on guys Can't yeah, okay so the hate you give I, i'm pretty sure it's based on a i'm pretty sure it's a fictional story uh-huh but basically here's what the main character's name is star and it has um uh amandala stenberg as the main actress that plays the girl uh, and she's been in several things lately, but um, basically, here's how the description goes. Star witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood best friend, Khalil, at the hands of a police officer, now facing pressure from all sides of her community. Star must find her voice and stand up for what's right. So it's kind oh. of, you yeah. know, so it's it's definitely politically driven movie. And it's yeah. an okay movie, but it's one of those things where I don't know if it gets made if it's if it wasn't in the time that it's in. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I mean, like, yeah, we got Liam Neeson's son. <laughs> Liam Neeson's son. Liam Neeson's sons in a Neeson. Um, and uh, what was it called? Cold Pursuit, right? Cold yeah, Pursuit. Cold, Cold Pursuit. Pursuit. Um, I I think I'm definitely gonna wait to rent it. That definitely doesn't seem one where um I'm gonna like rush out to it. The front runner, I'm definitely gonna see it. Me personally, I'll wait till it goes to like a, a cheaper theater or maybe do it on like a bargain bargain night or something like that. Personally. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh I'll probably try to watch both. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right. You got that there uh <laughs> you got that. Yeah, I got AMC. You might I haven't, well. <laughs> yeah, I haven't utilized as much as I should lately. I've probably only seen one movie in the last couple of weeks, but I've just been so It's been busy. slim pickings though. It's not your fault. It's yeah, the mo- I mean, I haven't seen First Man still. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, but I want to, and I'm, I'm going to see it at some point. I might go see it later this week. Uh, but, you know, so you're right. The movie pickings have been really slim. They're all waiting for the Oscar time, you know, so in the next week yeah, or so, we're going to start getting just hammered with them. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody's a, what, coming out? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in so. on Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, but, um, I can't wait. But I'm I'm probably going to go see both. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, whether I see them opening weekend will kind of depend on what else is out that I haven't seen <laughs> true, and want to see. And you know, like for example, Front Runner. I think it said it came. It comes out like in November twenty first, which is like that Thanksgiving weekend. I'm pretty sure it's the same weekend that Creed two comes out. Yeah, screw uh, that. Go see Creed. <laughs> yes, yeah, so America Creed versus is, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm a huge Rocky fan. And me and my dad are going to go see it. Uh, fun fact: my dad. Uh, was an Olympic boxer. Oh, back dang. In the 80s. Fun. Yeah, he, uh, well, let me rephrase. He went to the Olympic trials, but <laughs> lost to Evander Holyfield. Oh. Oh. Uh, 
you know, and if you don't know anything about Vander Holyfield, he's only wow. a four-time heavyweight champion of the world. So. Heavyweight champion. Of Fun the fact world. about Coach Smith and his family. So nice, nice. So All right, so then T Foles, what did what do you think? Are you gonna try to watch him? What do you think? I'll wait till uh, Cold Pursuit is on HBO, if anything. <laughs> yeah. And Front Runner, I might rent it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll uh, go see it. I'm definitely whenever Vice comes out. Uh, probably go mm. see that in theaters. Okay. But, uh, okay. I don't know Alrighty. about this one. So, th- I mean, that's that's it for our X3 reacts. You guys let us know what do you guys think about the new Cold Pursuit and the Front Runner. Let us know down in the comments below, or you can go to ThreadX3 Productions on Facebook or TX3 Productions on Twitter. Up next, we're going to have our open discussion. So, all right, open discussions. Obviously, we have just each person brings their own topic that they would like to talk about, and then we just go at it. So, Coach, what's your topic of the day? My topic of the day is going to be that Marvel shows getting canceled from Netflix. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually very, we kind of talked maybe a little bit about this, but then between the last time we talked about that and now Luke Cage also got canceled and there's even um, whispers, whispers about Jessica Jones and possibly even Daredevil being canceled. So it is not looking good. I mean, I could have told you back when, you know, Luke Cage started, hey, oh, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch any of Iron Fist or second season of Luke Cage. Yeah. Um, Iron Fist, I didn't like any. So when that came out season two, I just didn't really care to jump on board. Same. Uh, same. You know, but because uh, I watched like the first five episodes of season one and I just stopped. I was like, this oh, is yeah. terrible. Uh, I, no. I I plowed through it and it was it was just for the reason that it's like, eh, it's not horrible. <laughs> Like it was, yeah. it was, it was horrible, but it was like, it was pretty much, I honestly think it was probably just cause nothing else was on. Yeah. And funnily enough, I finished, I finished uh, Iron Fist, but I never finished Luke Cage. And I would say arguably that Luke Cage, even though it was bad, it was still better than Iron Fist. Luke Cage season one or season two? Season one. I haven't even seen season two of either, either of the other ones. Gotcha. So I'm well, the see, reason, people. <laughs> well, yeah, because you see, I watched um, season one of Luke Cage. Yeah. But they kind of lost me season one whenever Cottonmouth died. Yeah. Uh, like, and he died like, like halfway through. The through. He was he was definitely the like I liked who's the actor who plays that. Do you know his real name? Uh, something Ali. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I really it, like him. I can't remember his name, but you know he's won an Oscar now. So I mean, his life is great. He's showing up in a lot of stuff now. Yeah. Uh, Moonlight, right? He won for Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight, yep. Yeah. But, uh, so they killed off Cottonmouth, like, halfway through the season, and I'm like, I don't even care who the new villain is. Yeah. Like, because I was so invested in Cottonmouth and what he was about and everything oh, he yeah. represented and yada, 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 and then just, they just offed him off at, like, episode six. And I was like, what are we doing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, um, I think that is probably when I ducked out, too, because they killed him off, and I'm like, dude, he's the reason that I'm even, you know, here. <laughs> I mean, because what made we and we talked about, like you said, we talked. I think we talked about it on Weekly Grind. Uh, the one thing that made Daredevil season one really great 
was Wilson Fisk. Yep, and definitely. And how great Vincent D'Onofrio was in that role, how menacing and smart and... Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like a match. Jessica Jones season one, oh, same thing. Same the thing, villain, purple. Yeah. yeah, the villain was just insanely good. We cared about the villains. We cared mm-hmm. about the characters, you know. And then Luke Cage had that same thing going on. Yeah. It's that, it's that love to hate him kind of yes. mentality. You know, and, and you have, like, Iron Fist, yeah, they just didn't have a central villain. They had this organization it was the same thing with the defenders it was this organization and then you could even say that the, it was a trend if you if you look at if you look at it as a whole it's a trend because in defenders Sigourney Weaver is like the main antagonist but then a certain way through it Electra kills her yeah so it's like it's a trend where they like they start off with a really good um antagonist, uh, antagonist and, then... and then they're just like because they think it's like edgy I guess well, that's kind of like season two of Daredevil. You know, the Punisher was right. like that dude, and then he didn't die, but he just kind of went away. I mean, yeah, I can't remember. I think they, I think Daredevil ended up sending him to jail or something. I really can't remember. But um, and then it went to whatever that organizational name was that carried into the Defenders and Iron Fist and all that. And so I think a lot of people just got lost with the story in general. But that's not what makes all this interesting. The interesting thing that I want to question. Is all this just going to Disney's streaming service? Or is Iron Fist and Luke Cage going to come back with, you know, in some type of uh, Heroes for Hire type deal? Are they still going to make cameos? Yeah. Because remember, Luke Cage started out in Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage was such a popular character, they're like, hey, we'll give him his own spinoff, you know? Well, was it that, or did they already plan it, and they are really just doing, who was it? Was it? Chuck, I think Chuck was the one who uh, coined the fr- – well, I don't think he coined it, but he said a backdoor pilot. So I think, like, Jessica Jones was the backdoor pilot for Luke Cage. Um, right, but the backdoor pilot is designed to see if it's worth doing a series. Ah, uh, um, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, never mind. Right, kinda, so, like, if I the backdoor pilot – I talked myself into that one. <laughs> yeah, so, like, if the backdoor pilot – you know, because I think I know the episode you're talking about from season one. But, you know, if the backdoor pilot doesn't work or if people don't like it or, you know, the showrunners don't think it's worth a story worth telling there, they'll just not do it. You know, so uh, the most popular one to think about was there was a backdoor pilot uh, from in the office in like season in like the last season where it was going to be about Shroot Farms. Um, oh, okay. And it was all about Dwight Schrute and his family. And that was the whole episode. Uh, interesting. Uh, you know, and the showrunners decided not to do it. And, uh, you know, Rain Wilson decided not to do it as well. Uh, just because I didn't think there was anything really there to tell. Uh, yeah. You know, so the backdoor pilots are designed to, you know, give that little bit of leadway as a test run, if you will. Yeah. But... <clears throat> But I think that all these characters are going to come back. It just might be on Disney's streaming service. Uh, yeah. Because it always calls in their quotes. If you look at the, you know, the statements about them being canceled is like these characters not showing up or not being produced by Netflix, you know? Yeah. So I, so I think there's a strong chance that they'll get a reappearance either in Daredevil and slash or Jessica Jones they mix together Luke Cage and Iron Fist with uh, Heroes for Hire, or none of it goes to Netflix after the next year, and they cancel everything, and they just move everything over to 
their own streaming service. Yeah, I think at least with Daredevil in particular, because so far I've been really enjoying season three. I want to say we're five or six episodes in, and I'm actually I'm on like, episode five. Well, no, th- maybe three or four. What? Well, definitely four. Definitely four. Are you are you maybe after uh, where he goes to the prison and no. the hallway scene, basically? No, but that sounds awesome because that sounds reminiscent of of season one. Very much so. So when you get there, you've kind of hit where the show really starts and Bullseye starts to come into play a little bit more. No, don't ruin it for me. I thought you caught on to that, dude. No. If you're on on episode five, I thought you caught that. No. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I thought you caught it. Dang it. I'm not not happy with you. I'm Uh, sorry. Well, I did get to the part where his convoy got attacked and Oh my god, dude! You're on season like you're on like episode three. Am I really? Yeah, you're like you're I, not even. Well, see, dude, I definitely got four then because I got you the one missed, after that. You misled me. I'm sorry. I thought I, I don't was, know I numbers. I was able to speak. Okay, on. this isn't high school anymore. Not everybody's <laughs> a teacher. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just anyway, just keep watching. It's really, really good. Um, and when you hit that scene that I'm talking about, hit me up in Discord and we'll talk about it then. Okay. Okay. All right. But so that was all I was really wanting to say about the shows being canceled was, uh, you know, I think they're just going to end up showing back up in Disney or there's going to be some type of crossover Mm -hmm. or something. I don't think they're completely disappeared. Yeah. So then, yeah, what I what I was saying was basically I don't I don't personally think that it would be smart for them to take it from Daredevil, at least from Netflix over, because I feel like a lot of people would be worried that it would be diluted. It wouldn't be as um, dark and gritty, gritty and, you know, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to cuss or maybe if you did, you weren't, wouldn't be able to do it as much. You know, I, I personally, that'd be my worry. Um, and like, that is part of the reason um, I like how they, they show blood. They're not afraid of blood, but it's also not about the blood. It's not about the violence necessarily. It's not that gruesome. Some of yeah. it, you're like, ooh, but it's not like, oh, I gotta yeah. turn away. It's so horrendous, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's brutal, but it's more because, like, this cool move that he pulled off rather than, rather than you know, he just chopped somebody's head off or he shot somebody in the, in the head like, like Punisher would do. You know, I think it's the type of action that Liam Neeson popularized and Taken, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Like, we're just like, ooh, ah, Full ew. circle. <laughs> Full circle. Oh, man. So then, uh, T-Foles, I mean, you haven't really said that much. What do you think about it getting canceled? Uh, I, I don't really have an opinion. I've only... <laughs> I don't even think I finished season one of Daredevil yet. So. <gasps> oh, dude, what are you doing? So... I'm a little, you can skip I'm a little behind. I, I don't really have any say in this conversation. <laughs> but we, I can, you can skip understand season two. from Netflix's point. Now that they're not that they have a bunch of original content, because that's Marvel and Netflix. That's not yeah. just Netflix. And at the time of Daredevil, they had what, one or two shows? Yeah. But actual Netflix original shows. Oh now, no, they they had a lot more. Well, what I think he means is that there's a couple of times that like they would pick up uh they would pick up a like a BBC show yeah. and they would they would 
put it on Netflix mm-hmm. in America, so it was still a Netflix original, yeah. but technically it was a BBC even, show. Even if they had a few more oh, Netflix okay. original I'd... shows, they yes. they only had like House of Cards and maybe one or two or, other yeah, shows. Orange is the New Black, yeah, exactly. Like Those were the two main shows, Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. Now they have a million different original content, including a bunch of documentaries and a full, you know, feature-length movie. Bright. They they might be, in their mind, starting to want to get away from having a tie to a bigger company. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Uh, I, you know, Marvel, I don't think that they'll just get rid of all the content. Because, as you were saying before, all these shows are a little bit darker for, like, a family disney right uh streaming mm-hmm. service unless there's unless disney has a a, sh- a thing where they go into you know more adult content maybe yeah, a tab sure. or you know a, a parental guidance system thing yeah. a setup or a lock but i can see them throwing away the shows or getting yeah. rid of them from the platform but it, true i think they might be thinking of getting away from being tied to certain companies and being and doing um, collabs with those certain companies and just making their own original content. Yeah, very Maybe. very possible. So, Tfols, what is what is your topic of the day? My topic of the of the day is things from old games. I'm glad is are not. Are, I'm glad are gone. Yeah. Uh, we now recently we've started up Resident Evil in review, and me, you, and Coach, I and Coach here have been playing Resident Evil Zero, which mm-hmm. uh, has been an experience, to yeah. say the least. <laughs> Definitely. And the first thing that everyone probably has to comment on, and I'm gonna comment on as well, are the controls. Yes, definitely. Not as bad as I thought, because mm-hmm. they did for the for the remake for the uh, for the remaster. They did include a an advanced or an alternative, alternative control style yeah. for newer for newer uh, newer controllers. Mm-hmm. But damn those camera angles. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And see, like for me, because I grew up playing it, um, because obviously you're kind of you're you're new to the whole series, so like you're not used to it, but like me growing up on it, I couldn't do the alternative because <laughs> like basically every time it would switch camera angles, it would also like switch which way my person was going. Yeah. So sometimes I would be stuck in an endless loop of me going one camera angle, going back to the other one. (laughs) (laughs) So I switched it to the tank controls is what it's so lovingly referred to as the tank controls where it's like you push forward and then left and right turns your character left or right based on the character, not on your perspective. I tried. (laughs) Oh, you tried that? I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I I left mine on tank mode too. Just oh yeah, yeah. Just because uh, it's always tough to kind because of, I always felt like with how they implemented it, it was a little bit tougher to like if the camera was from the side, then you had to mm-hmm. point the stick up to go left, you know. <laughs> so 
yes. You know, it was just one of those things where it was just easier just to get that OG camera view and get it from the perspective of the uh, of my character and yeah. that sort of thing. But definitely camera controls are probably like the biggest thing. Um, another one for me on as far as things I'm glad aren't really in games anymore are loading screens. Um, mm. and they're in some games like persona five has a lot of loading screens, <laughs> but they're really, really quick. It's like 10 seconds and you're out. Right. I'm talking like the minute and a half loading screen. Yep. You know. yep, yep, what yep. Was, how long was Skyrim's? Oh screen? yeah. Right. And at least like Skyrim, um, as long as you didn't go into like a building or you didn't go into like a dungeon, it was the entire world and you could just explore. And usually, especially like open world games, that's usually how it is. You load once, it takes God freaking ever. And, and then you're just, you're good for the entire time. That was one thing actually that I absolutely hated about playing GTA online is that every time you wanted to go and you wanted to go into a mission, you had to go into a loading screen. Well, sometimes that didn't work and it would kick you out to your single player game and then you have to log back on and then you had, oh my Uh God. Like yeah. the, even and connecting. I mean, I've played it recently, and it's still not. It's way, way better, but it's still like it takes so goddamn long, and it's just like I'm sitting here for minutes, sometimes two, just looking at you know a bird's eye view of where I was standing, and then suddenly it'll zoom somewhere else, and now I'm at the mission. I'm like, oh my god, that's so weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I remember probably my first. Uh, memory i guess video game memory about not really having a loading screen uh was dragon ball z budokai 2 on the i think it might have been the playstation 2 oh yeah there was you could jiggle your analog sticks <laughs> in, in yep. the in the loading screen and it would make you know little goomba men pop yep. up yep and it was a fun little mini game type thing like how many can i get on the screen this time you know yep so that was, you know, so the fact that loading screens aren't a thing, and if they are a thing, keep them short and brief. Yeah. You know, like, for example, God of War has a loading screen, but it's like 20 seconds and you're right back in. Right. You know, so as long as it's not the minute, um, that one's a big one. Probably the other big thing for me is how little the D-pad gets used in games now yeah. for movement. And yeah. <laughs> Because like now the D-pad is, oh, let's switch your inventory, which is like another thing we can talk about. It's just like general UI and how you switch weapons and true, all true. that stuff, you know. So like back in the day, it might have been to switch to your shotgun, hold L1 and R1 and triangle. Yeah. You know, now it's like a quick up on the D-pad and you're good to go. You know, yeah. So. It's funny. I was actually playing a game right after um, right after I got done playing um Resident Evil, and I tried using the D-pad to move myself around, and I couldn't. And I'm like, ah, and like, so I had to like readjust myself, put my finger, you know, move my finger two inches down or whatever. But still, it's that like little like brain part. And I'm like, what? What is it doing? What I want? <laughs> yeah, no, like the only the only time D-pad is any good uh, for gaming now is like true blue platformers, like Shovel Knight. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. really good. Um, uh, and you can even argue Celeste, but mm-hmm. at least Celeste, you know, uh, you know, at least Celeste has, uh, its own 
niche as to why you might want to use the analog stick as opposed yeah, to the like diagonal and stuff. Yeah, it's because of the diagonal and the double dash, and you know, so that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the D- the lack of use of a D pad is really really nice. Yeah, I mean, I think another really big one I'm personally glad is no save zones. Like I used to play J I used to play JRPGs. I was a big Final Fantasy fan and it didn't happen often, but every once in a while, if I had like this big long session and then for some reason I died and then I realized that I had to replay like three or four hours of a game because I just happened to have forgotten to save a game. It is probably like one of the biggest frustration it's almost as frustrating as having your save file deleted yeah i mean um like i'm just gonna keep using persona because it's a huge jrpg game which uses a lot of old school elements to it right um when you're in the dungeons for persona you can only save in save rooms Mm -hmm. now you can get different items that would take you to your closest last known saver safe room okay yeah um and you know so it was your save point and that was the only time you could save while you're actually in the dungeon and if you died you would just go back to your last known save point from the last yeah. time you saved okay you know uh so it wasn't really that bad um sometimes it got pretty gruesome but most of the time it's fine but yeah for sure like the only thing i wish games did a little bit differently um was instead of like especially during a boss fight start the boss back over from full health rather than a checkpoint on the boss you know what i mean yeah yeah i can see what you mean so i would think that something like that would be the only thing i would complain about as far as the save points and checkpoints and all that but that's definitely a big one is not having to worry about your save yeah you know in the last of us you're just playing along and all of a sudden oh crap you got to go to kroger to get something yeah just turn it off and you're good to go you know (laughs) so that's always really nice yeah i mean it is it is annoying although i do have to admit what i think the only time that um like save points make sense nowadays are rpgs and actually horror movies or not movies you know what i meant horror games because like alien isolation like that tension that you get when you're on your way to you're like maybe you see the save point you're like oh i'm right there but you don't know where the alien is that tension that you feel and then maybe getting next to it but then getting impaled from behind or grabbed and then he tongues you to death or something like that feeling is just like that's really actually kind of cool and so i feel like that's ingrained enough into survivor horror where it's not that bad you know and i'd say the same thing especially like if if you're playing a jrpg there you know like having a save point isn't that bad you know yeah it just has to i feel like one of the best things that they can do is they can implement them in really interesting ways and just ways that make sense rather than just like here like typewriters you know, it's like, here's a typewriter. What are we doing? Writing a novella of what we've been doing so far? And how does that make <laughs> us suddenly go backwards? Like, it just... I yeah, I mean, I see that for sure. I'm mm-hmm. just... uh, but Yeah, you mentioned that, and I didn't realize how big of a pain that was. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely... Uh, that's definitely something that is... 
worth uh, mentioning there for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the really the last thing for me is just general UI uh, interaction is so much cleaner and nicer than it was back in the day from a gameplay standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like in The Last of Us and, and really God of War, to, like I said, to change your weapons is just click on click left on the d-pad and now you got you know your weapon yeah right you know so that's just super nice yeah yep instead of having to go into a menu and then go into like a sub menu and then switch yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, and that still exists for some things um obviously but now most of the time you can switch weapons on the fly you can do it really quickly oh, yeah. it's really easy um you know that sort of thing so that's always really nice yep all right so then uh my my topic of the day is actually battle royales and how they are inherently unfair and so then one of you are supposed to be of course they're fun fair well of course they're unfair (laughs) did you say fun fair i want to go that's what i meant yeah (laughs) Come on, everybody. There's a fun fair down at the Custard There's Crab. a fun fair over here. They got rides <laughs> and everything. Anyways, but no, uh, battle royales are inherently unfair. And, like, to the point where, like, I'm actually surprised so many people are wanting them to become, like, an eSport. Because it's like... It's, it's, not, it's not fair. Like, a battle royale game isn't a fair game. And so, therefore, like testing okay now testing like testing your skill is harder at a battle royale game because you could just be absolutely screwed over by the place you decide to drop versus somebody else drops gets armor gets like a helmet if you're in PUBG or or H1Z1 um gets you know a gold weapon gets like all this stuff and all you literally get is like a handgun. <laughs> yeah. So but like now I don't play a lot of uh Fortnite, I don't play, you know, a lot of uh battle royale. So are are the is the loot different for every like game start or yes. is it um, yeah for okay. the most part yeah yeah for the for the most part i mean um they're i mean like i'll use a blackout cuz it's the most recent example um but yeah. this goes across fortnite h1z1 and pubg um but basically like certain areas will have like higher chances at better loot um but then obviously those are the parts of the map that everybody goes to so it's like you have to be really confident in your shooting skills for you to want to jump there um but even then like i've gone to like cargo i've gone to firing range and i've ran around and not been able to find anything and so then somebody drops next to me they happen to find like an smg or even just a freaking pistol for that matter like what will happen a lot of times that really pisses me off to the point where it's like, I don't want to play the game is like, I'll drop and I'll get a bunch of attachments or I'll get a bunch of first aids or I'll get a bunch of perks or something like that. But for the life of me, I cannot find a freaking weapon. So then what happens? I die. And my, like my average kills right now is zero because that happens like 
all the time to me and it's like really annoying um and so yeah kind of like what i was saying before it's just like battle royales are just inherently unfair and like i feel like that's one thing that like not a lot of people uh harp on like and for probably good reasons because i mean they are fun you know i don't want to say that they're not un or they're not unfun 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 they're not unfun. I'm just trying to point out the fact that they're actually like super unfair. Like Call of Duty multiplayer. I go in with a primary. I go in with a secondary if I choose to, obviously. I go in with abilities and stuff like that. Um, and I have a... It's all about my skill from that point on, pretty much. It's like they gave me, they gave me all the tools, basically, to go in there and wreck fools. And I, I have the same chance as somebody else has the same chance. The only difference is what equipment that person chooses. And so, like, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that Battle Royale, you can't really choose what equipment you drop next to. You know, because it could be a pistol, it could be a sniper rifle, it could be absolutely nothing in a lot of cases, but the person next to you gets gets the armor, gets the machine gun, gets whatever, and it's like, it's really unfair, and so that's actually like, like, I would actually, like, I don't know how they run tournaments. Have you guys ever seen, like, a Battle Royale tournament played and, like, how they run it? No, I have no idea. I don't even uh, know how not. you would do that. Right, which is why I'm because like they got Fortnite Fridays and they got like Fortnite. I mean, Fortnite obviously is the big one, and they're coming up with esports, and it's just all everywhere. And you have Ninja and whatever. Can it be but it's like, how do they do it? Because like it doesn't seem like it is inherently unfair. So it's like, how do, how do we know? Uh, I don't know. Like I honestly, if you if somebody knows who's listening, how they actually run a tournament and like what is it like a point system or is it just survival? Because if it is, that is really like that's I don't think that's the way to run a Fortnite. Yeah, because if it's just survival, I mean, more often than not, I like to be a very um when I do have the chance to play uh when Blackout came out. I played almost nonstop, and I like multiplayer more, but Blackout's fun. But um, when I started playing Blackout, I am a very defensive player. I don't like to get in the middle of confrontation. I like to try right. and pick, pick, you know, pick people off, stay towards the outside edge of the circle, all that. Right. You know, call me what you want, I don't care. That's how I play. Yeah. That's me too. And so. if, no if it's based here. on that, that's... Then everyone's just gonna be doing that, and then yeah, I, this is yeah. Personally, good. like how I would run it if it was if it was up to me, like it has to be some type of a point system, you know, like not necessarily like fantasy football, but like stick with me. It's like if you get up to the top ten, like basically, like you should get enough, you should get the equivalent points of how many positions you go up. So, for instance. If you win, that's a hundred points because you went up a hundred positions. Um, then you should also get points for like kills. So whether it be one, two, three, whatever points you decide, you should get that many points for kills. Um, 
and maybe even like a if it's squads maybe bonus points for wiping an entire squad or so i don't know you know but like it should be it should be that way so that like for instance let's say we play five rounds and the person who wins like three times out of five wins because he sticks to the edges he doesn't shoot anybody and literally the only reason he wins is because he takes a couple of pop shots right at the very end to kill the last person. You know, like was that person skillful or were they just a survivalist? You know what I mean? And so like, but if you do it sort of the way I'm proposing, you get the points for surviving, but then you also get points for killing, you know? And so like somebody who's like a slayer, maybe he didn't make it up to position one but he killed a bunch of people on his way so he wins because you know because he won i mean (laughs) also that would be a way to run a tournament so that you don't have to have a hundred players at once maybe you only have like 10 consoles and so you want to run a you want to run a tournament but how do you run a tournament with only 10 consoles well i think that's probably one way you could do it yeah, I mean, that's kind of a... I mean, you definitely have to do multiple rounds with the same group, right? Right. So, like, if you had, let's say, a thousand people at a tournament, um, then, you know, I know that's really high, but, you know, you start off, you know, with just internet play or something uh, on a private server and all that good stuff. Uh, for qualifiers, you know, you'd get the top ten from each group, right? So then that would give you your hundred right okay yeah. yeah yeah so how many games would you have to play to really determine who's good 10 5 15 at know. least five personally okay. i think yeah. five because no. i feel like that you could you could suck two times but do great three times and you know that still means you're a pretty good player you know and i feel like at least from like a professional call of duty perspective they almost always do it in five rounds so you have to do best out of three okay yeah so i mean if you let's just say you did that you know i'd i mean five is a pretty small sample size but if you already have you know a hundred of the top thousand players let's say mm-hmm. you know that's that's pretty decent if you can win three out of five where it gets really muddy is how do you differentiate the guy that averages in the thirties, but he gets the most kills, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, how do you? Yeah, and I mean that 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 creates the whole cluster that I'm talking about. Is that like here you have somebody who's really good at killing, but maybe he's just not good at finishing giggity. So, <laughs> so maybe maybe he is a really good slayer, but then when it comes down to clutch, maybe he. And I mean, obviously, if we're talking about a, um, if we're talking about a battle royal, that is the point. The point is to be the last person. You don't have to be the best killer. You don't even have to be the best player. You just have to be the last. Which, if everybody so you- started off with at least a pistol at least a pistol or at least an SMG or something like that. That's when it would be fair because at least then, you know, when I'm running up to this person in front of me, I know they're going to have, you know, like a pistol, <laughs> but when you drop down and you could get literally anything, it's like, I don't know. That's when it gets a little bubble. So, I mean, that seems like a pretty simple fix all in all. Like, I, yeah, uh, maybe. but again, you know, 
part of the skill is finding your items and figuring out how to survive with the items you're given. Yeah, you true. know, uh, like the one time I made, I played Fortnite. I basically created myself in a box. Like I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so I found enough materials to build myself inside of a box, and you know you can see through the boxes or whatever and oh, basically yeah. i would kill people that would walk by with my axe or whatever i had at the time <laughs> and that's how i got my weapon like interesting <laughs> i actually killed a couple people like that so an opportunity and this is when fortnite first came out mm-hmm. um but so i mean part of i would say part of the skill gap is being able to find those weapons and also if you're at that level where you're competing for a million dollars or whatever like, I would imagine you know all the tricks and the nicks and the crannies, you know what I mean? Like, you're... Yeah. You're, you're going to be able to find something if you're at that level, I feel like. Yeah, and I mean, it... it Like like we were saying, like, to a degree, you can drop here and know that you have a chance for this, but that's it. It's a chance, you know? what If you go literally to the exact same spot that you went last time where where there was an assault rifle is now a sniper rifle or something like that you know it's never going to be the same because it's always yeah it's, and i feel like the biggest thing that really pisses me especially fortnite the biggest thing that'll piss me off is if i get to a chest and like not even a weapon pops out they've gotten a way better um than they used to be but like sometimes i'd open up a chest maybe get a grenade and then like a bunch of like med packs or whatever. It's like my my thing always was that if I get to a chest, the chest should be like like this beacon of hope because you even hear oh through through your headphones or whatever. Yeah. Um it should be this beacon of hope. So when I get to it, I don't want anything under uh green. But sometimes you'll get a you'll get a white. Sometimes you'll get a like. Honestly, I, I'd even go as far as blue. Like you shouldn't get anything below a blue. But you know, like because if anything, if you think about it, like the most common and um, uncommon guns, those should be the ones you find just strewed about. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like because blue is counted as rare, and then you got epic and legendary. So like rare and legendary stuff, those shouldn't be on the ground. Even though I found them on the ground, but like those shouldn't be on the ground. Those are the ones you're looking for. Those are the ones you're hoping for. So like those should be in chest, and then everything else should just be white and green. Like you, sh- it just that's the way it should be. Um, and yeah, going up to a chest and then just getting maybe some bandages and some ammo or something like that. I was like, really? It's like I had to go to the top of this building, break through a couple of walls, you know, and finally I get to it and all I get is like bandages. It's like, F- you game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think that that's kind of like uh, if you're trying to play a card game. You know, yeah. it's like you're playing Magic yeah. or something. You know, what do you top deck at the end? Does he just get the right top deck and you didn't? Like, you know. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think that's kind of comparable. I think that's just part of the eSport and the skill of, okay, what if I get to this crate and there's bandages? Okay, what can I, is there, you know, how can I survive enough to find some weapon? You know what I mean? But again, yeah. it if you're talking about the best of the best, you're going to be able to find something just because you know the game inside and out. You know percentages. You know, like there's a seven percent chance there's going to be you know 
a weapon in this spot. I mean, you know yeah, all true. that if you're at that level, you know. So yeah. I don't think it's uh, now for the casual. I could definitely uh, understand the frustration, and also you know, I, since I don't play battle royale, I thought you start off with a pistol or something. Mm. But that's a <laughs> but that'd be a pretty fair thing just to say. Hey, everybody gets a basic pistol, right? You know, uh, and just kind of go yeah, from there. So that, that's rounds. something that might. Yeah, that even that, that or like eventually. your your pickaxe. Like, I feel like if you hit somebody with your pickaxe from behind, like, there should be some type of, like, execution where you, yeah. you do this little animation. doesn't have to be a really long one, but maybe, you like, put the put the pickaxe into their head. But, of course, that would make it too violent for Fortnite. But it, something like that where I could, I could do a, a kill move just one swipe. Like, I've done the same thing in Blackout, too. I've gone up behind somebody and started punching them. And they were able to, because I saw them going for a gun and I, I wasn't, I didn't have enough time to like react or whatever. So I just started punching them because I thought, I thought, and this is where I was wrong. And so now I know, but I thought like, Hey, I'm coming up from behind. This has to be an insta kill or at least two or three hits, right? Nope. Almost the entire time I was behind him, but then he finally whipped out, whipped it out. He whipped around and, you know, got a headshot. I'm pretty sure because it was like two shots and I was dead. Yeah. So, I mean, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, the system isn't perfect yet, but, and that's probably something that'll come down the line, it, you know, especially if they make it a big esport and there's millions of dollars on the line, you know, eventually there's going to be a top player that'll complain and they'll put it in. You know, so well, right, uh, and that's I guess that's my my issue right now is that that's where Fortnite is. Fortnite is this big thing. So I mean, uh, I'll say it once again for all the listeners: if you know or if you've watched a Fortnite, I would genuinely like this. Isn't just like, hey, go to RTX. I would genuinely like to know like how they run a Fortnite tournament because it's like it to me it just seems supremely unfair. So it's like, how can you? Like, it's one thing being good at the game. It's another thing being competitive because it's like there's just so much luck involved sometimes. Not all the time. I can admit that. I can admit that. But a lot of times it's luck. A lot of times it's being quick enough. And, I mean, there is a certain amount of skill to picking up a gun before somebody else picks it up. But then there's also sometimes, sometimes just a lot of freaking luck. So that was just my whole thing. You know, you guys let us know what you guys think about it. Or if, like once again, if you know how um, Fortnite tournaments work. Also, let us know what do you think about the Marvel cancellations and things in games that you're so glad aren't around nowadays. Um, let's move on to our last topic of the day, which is my favorite ever. And since it's October, we're going to be talking about horror movies. So my favorite, who went first last time? It was Coach last time. So T Foles, yep. you'll go first. What's your runner-up for favorite horror movie of all time? Oh, runner-up, Shutter Island. Shutter. Island. I'm not sure about the critics' review or like the the general populace review uh, of Shutter Island, but it was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. It was very fun. I, I, I don't know if it would be considered horror, but I would definitely consider it a um 
psychological thriller. And there are some, they're a little bit, I mean, there are a few jump scares and some horror elements to it, but it is yeah. a very good ride. I really liked that movie. It really made you think. Yeah. Yeah, Shutter Island, I would consider that to be a scary movie. I mean, it's definitely thriller, but I mean, it's it's kind of like The Shining, if you say The Shining yeah. is your favorite scary. I mean, I would consider them to be in the same camp, you know, as far as mm-hmm. the type of movie. Because there are definitely some moments in that movie, like when he's in the old, uh, like, prison or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very creepy. The, in- so the institution yeah. or wherever he goes to do the... That's it, the institution. That's it. So, if that's... I mean, I would definitely consider that to be a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Alright, Coach, runner-up. The original Carrie. Uh, okay. I just really like the movie. Uh, you know, honorable mention would probably be the any of the, the Exorcist. Yeah, uh, okay. You know, but definitely the original Carrie. Uh, I think just because it had a, a deeper story to it than just, oh, here's a scary thing, you know, is an abusive situation... Uh, I'm assuming both of you have seen the yeah. movie. Yeah. Right? Okay. So you know, it's just it just had a little bit more to it, and I enjoy that for my horror movies. Um, but you know, I I really enjoyed the, and I also enjoyed the remake too because it was almost beat for beat with the old one. Uh, yeah, which I think is a lot of people's problem, but it's like, eh, eh. yeah, but you know, the old one uh was is. Definitely something that I try to watch that I usually watch about once a year around this time. Nice, uh, you know. So I I enjoy it. All right. So then my runner up for um, my favorite ever is it, uh, two thousand seven uh, seventeen. That was last year, right? Yeah. So two thousand seventeen's it. Wow. Um, I think like the main reason it's one of my favorite of all time is. Um, it does have jump scares and everything, but I feel like, in my personal opinion, it, they're never cheap jump scares. They're not just jump scares with really loud noises and, you know, it's not the music that you're jumping at. It is literally what's happening on screen. There's so many jump scares nowadays, especially when you add in the fake outs and all this, that it's just like you're jumping more because there was a loud noise rather than you're genuinely scared of what's on screen. And um, like, I feel like it had a lot of what I'm going to call long jump scares because it would have something that was very disturbing. And then maybe that thing would come towards the camera or come like, so you would see it and that wasn't really the jump scare because you see it. What's the jump scare? Is it coming like towards you or something like that? So like a good example would be um, like the kids in the sewer, the balloon, the balloon comes up to him. It pops Pennywise is behind him, like a little ways behind him, and then he comes towards the camera. Um, or like down in the basement, he has uh, he has his brother, and he's like using him as a ventriloquist doll, basically, and he yeah. slams him down, and then he comes towards him really. So they're like they're jump scares, but they're like they're very long and drawn out, in my opinion, and I really like that. But the number one reason why it's my second of all time is that it's a good movie. It's not necessarily that it was focused on being a good horror movie. It was focused on being a good movie, period. And then that made the horror element of it that much more 
palpable, that much more like, like tangible, just something I feel like I could reach out and touch because it's like they worried about making good characters, good characters that I believe in, especially with kid actors. I mean, it very well could have gone to a level of cheese. Like I feel like the nineties, um, made for TV it, um, I mean, you have Seth Green and you see Seth Green, and you just naturally go, ha ha ha. And you do laugh. There are so many moments in it where I laugh. But I feel like that's what made the scary moments even scarier is because it's like I cared about these kids. I cared about what happened to them. And so, I mean, just the fact that it's a good movie on the side and it's a good horror movie. That's that's the reason it's my runner up of all time. Well, the other big thing, too, is that it himself is like ever present. You know, right, right. so like the whole movie, you're on the edge of your seat because you're like, where's it? What is he doing right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, just one of those things. And, and I think that's kind of why I like Carrie so much is mm-hmm. because I think it's just a good movie. Yeah. Not just a, you know, like I said, it had a real story to it, it had a real plot to it. There was a kind of reasoning behind what was happening, why right. it was happening. You know, and obviously it got really supernatural, but the movie itself, you know, was, and you kind of felt good for her whenever she finally started going crazy <laughs> because you're like, hell yeah, you know. Get him, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as weird as that sounds, but yeah, so I think I'm with you on that, uh, especially for it. Uh, I didn't even consider it. Yeah. Uh, you didn't even consider have. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but. I, I probably should have, yeah, but I didn't. And uh, well, and see, yeah, like, definitely scary movies nowadays. Kind of going off of what you were saying, like scary movies nowadays. So many of them have such convoluted stories and reasonings and characters doing something that you just don't understand. And so that's why I feel like uh, in a movie like Carrie or in a movie like It, establishing your characters. Um, is the most important part so that when like the kids they start doing stupid stuff it's like well they've already established that maybe this kid's a smart ass maybe this kid's um you know agoraphobic so he's afraid of everything they already established that so well in the movie so that when they do start doing stupid things that you would normally see in a horror movie it makes sense to the context at which it is there's so many out so many horror movies out there that it's pretty much just one scene to the next to the next and it's more about the gore it's more about the the jump scare it's more about that stuff than it is about the actual like story and like that's what makes a good horror story is the story yeah so sure. yeah i mean like like truth or dare is probably a really good example there's so <laughs> there's so like the bye bye man there's so many examples out there where it's like you don't care about the characters in them so why do you care if they die <laughs> yeah uh for sure and yeah. probably the other thing that hurts a lot of horror movies is they go for the uh the the jump scares like you mentioned a little bit too much like in it mm-hmm. like you said they they weren't really jump scares 
they were just more like you knew it was coming, you knew it was coming, and then something finally happened. Yes, you know, it was that, uh, the build up is always the the build up is ten times more important than the actual scare itself. Because if you don't have the right atmosphere, you don't have the right build up, you don't have that tension, that that pulling, 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 and then finally release. If you don't have that, it's not a good one. So, um. So let's move on. Uh, what's your favorite of all time, uh, Coach? I am going to go with, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit because I like the movie so much. Oh, hey, Nate. I didn't know you were here. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but The Conjuring, uh, definitely the first Conjuring. Like, if I had to pick one, it would be Conjuring 1. But then The Conjuring 2. Right. Uh the first Conjuring, granted, I'm a little bit biased towards it because I watched it the first time when I was in college. It was me and about 10 people in the room. Nice. Uh, you know, so it was just a really good time. Uh, you know, we, we had some beverages while we watched it. You there know. you go. There you go. So I'm a little bit biased in that sense. But the, the first Conjuring, uh, you know, it was probably like before it and after Carrie, you know, one of the first real here's a real story. Right. About this thing that is based on a true story. And it mm-hmm. wasn't cheesy. It wasn't corny. It was taken very seriously. Uh, you know, like the Paranormal Activity movies I found are all awful. Oh, yeah. I didn't. You know what I mean? And people were terrified about a door opening. I'm like, they just left the window opening. There was a big breeze, you know. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> you know, so, but. That's also why I'm going to go right off of that. That's also why, you know, like um, there's a couple of different shows out there now, like one one on Discovery. There's a new one on Netflix. Uh, the one on Netflix called Haunted. The one on Discovery is called like Paranormal Witness. Yeah. What makes those scary is that one, you know, they actually happen because they're getting the testimonies from them. But then also they have like the reenactments, whereas you have those like ghost adventurers or uh, – um, what's the what's the real big one? I just lost it. What's the big one where they're the rotor rooter on the side? And oh man, why am I blanking on this? Well, isn't there like a ghost hunters or something? There or... you go, ghost hunters. I don't know why I couldn't think of that because I said ghost adventurers, ghost hunters, and you know, yeah, like you said, ghost them getting all freaked out because they saw something move it's like ah that's not too that's not too scary but those same situations put into like this dramatic you know reenactment and there's there's characters and there's testimony and there's like actual like acting and stuff like that that's when it actually gets scary because it's like oh my god i'm actually like seeing it happen or whatever like so yeah sorry i had to say that (laughs) yeah no for sure but um so that was so, and again, I'm a little bit biased towards The Conjuring 1. I don't think The Conjuring 2 is quite as good. Uh, but, you know, just the story, the acting was really good. Um, and relatively, I could see uh, that being an issue. You know, uh, like how the haunting was occurring. Like, I could see that being a real thing that would happen. It was very believable. You know, some of the stuff towards the very end, you could kind of argue, cause it, but it's still a movie at the end of the day, and it was just a really right. good horror movie. Uh, I didn't feel like it was cheap uh, jump scares, uh, you know, so that was the big one for me is The Conjuring 1 and yeah. 2, you know, and again, it was a good night watching it with my friends in college, and uh, 
So I, I think I'm a little bit biased for that reason. Yeah. But I actually have a really good uh, real life hunting story if you guys want to listen to it later. Yeah. But, all right. You know. So we'll do that when we get off air because I don't know how public <laughs> the people that it happened to want it. So. Alrighty. Uh, T. Foles, your favorite of all time? Giving it to Rob Zombie. House of a Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses. What? A, I don't think I've seen that. early one. 2000s, just fright fest. Just, it's, it's such a, it's a good movie. I, I don't know, I, it's hard to explain. It's just got everything. It's got gore, it's got drum scares, it's got twists. It just makes you uncomfortable while you watch it. <laughs> and that one you. had the spinoff, didn't it? Like yeah, the double. Uh, the sequel something. to uh, to it is Devil's Rejects with uh, oh, okay. the Firefly family, which is also mm. good and also very, very uh, <laughs> with some of the things that happened in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just great if you want a scary thriller movie. It's just survival horror. You know, it's the yeah. typical trope of campers need a night to stay. And then they go off and find this house. Like, yeah, sure, come on in. We'll house you for the night. <laughs> and terror ensues. Right, right. That's funny. Uh, so my number one of all time, and I would argue probably one of the best movies of all time, is uh John Carpenter's The Thing. And, okay. I mean yeah. it the main reasons there's two main reasons um I'll I'll go in order of importance. Um one of the main reasons is the practical effects. Oh, so yeah. when there is this creature this oh god this like vomit inducing creature on screen it felt real. It felt tangible. It felt like you could reach out and touch it because guess what? You could. <laughs> dog. Um, Talking about the dog. Uh, yeah, right. The dog. Like the my favorite, probably one of my favorite. Like if we're talking about like gory scene, whether it's in a horror movie or not. But my favorite like gory scene of all time is when he goes in to do the defibrillators, <laughs> and then the chest just opens oh. up and eats the guy's arms. Yeah. It's also one of the just most unexpected things I have ever seen in a movie to date. Like there's mm -hmm. so many there's so many other situations like in movies or anything where like it's telegraphed enough where you can probably guess what's going to happen. But in this situation, it's like they're trying to revive this guy and they're, you're really worried about because, like, you've been watching this guy from the very beginning. And then just out of nowhere, his chest <laughs> opens up and there's these giant teeth and you're just like, what the f*** is going on? <laughs> and it's like, not only that, but then the way it crescendos is his head falls off, grows like tit or grows like little spider legs and starts going you're just like oh my god it's it a was, thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, good. it's good wow um and then the main reason the absolute main reason this is the number one of all time is um it is a psychological horror it yeah. pits 
people against people because literally anybody could be the thing and even all the way up to the end which has been debated and talked about for years and years after it's been made you know is he the thing or is he the thing you know and so i just uh man just the absolute gut-wrenching psychological warfare that's constantly going on and it just keeps you guessing um and it's just like i think the main one another main reason about the psychological uh aspect of it is the fact that like on repeat viewings you start questioning okay this person said this why did they say that are they the did they turn into the thing here or was it later you know like there's so many things that on repeat viewing just make it even more and more of a like a tangled web so like so many horror movies you could watch once and then it's like okay maybe i'll watch it every once in a while but it's like this one like it 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 begs for repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. Now, a fun fact about the thing. Oh, fun fact! Yeah. Well, a little FF on you. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> the you know in the beginning, like the opening scene, like the credit scene. Uh, yeah. Right. Like the destroyed base. Yeah. That's actually the when the base blows up at the end. Mm-hmm. That's that base. Oh, interesting. That they just reused hmm. that foot. Like, they just reused <laughs> that scene just as a, nice. in quote, and called it a different location. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I that mean, when, when you're working on a budget, you oh, gotta find yeah. ways to, <laughs> to make it work, mm-hmm. you know? Well, That's funny. Here's a question I wanted to pose. Because mm-hmm. uh, this one probably, uh, pro- probably could have been an honorable mention for me. Nobody mentioned the original Saw movie. Uh, that's, I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. And I would even argue that it's one of the only saws that could be considered a horror (laughs) (laughs) because two and onward, they're just gore porn at that point, you know? So for sure. Um, I would argue that, but best of all time, um, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a good one. If we made a top 20, I think it would make it somewhere on the top 20, but like, yeah, not, not my top two for sure. I don't know. It would probably be more like top five for me. I would, I just thought it might be in somebody's because it's such a popular franchise, you know? I I think the reason it, why it escapes us is because just that diminishing return. It's like two, in my opinion, two was okay. Three was like, oh yeah, I mean, it's I can still. Four was just like, okay, yeah, I'm just watching it out of tradition. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. then five, and then six, and I haven't seen Jigsaw, like the newest one where it's like you know it was technically like a soft reboot or whatever. So I haven't seen that one personally, but it's on Hulu. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, obviously I have a wife and kids. My wife doesn't really like um, horror movies. So it's like, it's hard to like, you know, hey, you want to watch Jigsaw? And then it's also hard to like watch it on my days off because I still have my daughter. So it's like, you know, it's one of those situations where it's just like I've been meaning to, but haven't really gotten around to it. Yeah, I it, would just, it just kind of hit me like just now as we yeah. were kind of wrapping up. Uh, yeah. Nobody mentioned Saw, like, at all. Like, it was just, because uh, the original Saw, if you haven't seen it, I I never watched it until I got older, uh, mainly because all I heard was, oh, yeah, it's just gore porn, you know, gore porn, mm-hmm. and I'm not really into that. Um, 
But for some reason, I took a chance. It was on Netflix, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna watch this thing, and I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You know, so it was just, and I didn't know anything about the twist at the end. Um, oh yeah, right. You know, so when that happened, I was like mind blown. You know. Oh yeah, if we were making like a top like horror twists of all time, I think that might have made it. Um, definitely up there maybe not number one but at least maybe number two or whatever because that's definitely one of the biggest twists in a horror movie of all time where it's just like oh yeah that dead guy right in the center yeah it's not dead <laughs> yeah no i mean like, it you was can't just really like, top he that just, like yeah i mean he totally just got up and was sitting there the whole time and mm-hmm. you know just what was worse was how easy they could have got out of their situation oh and, yeah right you know uh it was just one of those things where it was just really insane like at the time that i watched it uh so i guess that would just be my honorable mention i just thought it was interesting that it never came up so yeah definitely all right so it's your turn listeners what's yours that's a good choice <laughs> let <laughs> I was us know say, and we're waiting for the response <laughs> uh let us know at x3 or TX3 Productions on Twitter or Threat X3 Productions on Facebook. What's your favorite ever horror movie of all time? Um, so that's gonna that's gonna appear that's pretty much gonna be the show for the day. This week's weekly grind will actually be replaced by uh, our very first Resident Evil in review, and then so moving onwards, we'll have a regular weekly grind. What have we been up to? What have we been doing? Um, and then every other week will be replaced by Resident Evil in review all the way up until February. Because basically um, uh, Resident Evil 2 will come out on the 25th of January. We'll give ourselves two weeks to play that, which honestly I think is going to be way too long. Because that one I'm going to want to plow straight through just because I'll be so excited for it. But we'll give ourselves two weeks to do that one. And so then from there on the weekly grinds will pretty much be normal. So thank you so much, Coach, for joining us. Oh, yeah, no problem. It's always a good time. T. Foles, you're you're the man. Of course, I am. All right, thank you for joining us for Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. Oh, Somebody just say, oh, Canada? I'm, I'm going to mark that for you. <laughs> I, who was singing, Don't. oh, Canada? <laughs> I have a, a soon-to-be 13-year-old brother, so... Oh, okay. He was, walking, <laughs> All right. he was, uh, he was walking past my room in the hall. <laughs>